How many of us know in life there's a right way to do something and a wrong way to do something, correct? And we know that, I mean, if, if any of you like PB&J, there is most definitely a correct way to have PB&J. It has to have the right amount of peanut butter. Now, I prefer creamy. Forget the, the, the chunky stuff. I don't know what he's talking about. Creamy and then some really good either boysenberry or strawberry jelly. But there's got to be a good layer of peanut butter, I agree. Good layer of jelly. There is a right way and there is a wrong way to make a sandwich. Just like every single day, right? There is a right way and there is a wrong way in every single starting point in every one of our lives. You know, today we had a starting point. We woke up, our eyes opened up, I raced downstairs. We got a new uh, golden retriever puppy yesterday. His name's Mac. And so, of course, I'm dashing to see if he's still alive because, you know, with five kids in a big house, you just never know what can happen, right? So uh, I dashed downstairs, and, our, and then he's sitting outside Micah's room, and he's, you know, just looking, waiting, hoping somebody was going to come get him, so I did. But that was my starting point. And every one of us this morning, you had a different starting point. You woke up, your eyes were open, and you did at least one thing. Every single day, there are so many different starting points. When we were born, obviously, that was a glorious day, just like Joel, we're celebrating his birthday today. He had a starting point 54 years ago, if I can say that out loud, right? That's okay. You still look 30, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 just 54. But Joel had his starting point. And every one of us in life, we all had a starting point. And so there was the day that we were born and there were so many different brand new things that we started with. And there are right choices and wrong choices. If you have your Bibles with me, we're gonna go to Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 15 this morning. My title is called Spreading the Jam. Turn to your neighbor and say, Spreading the Jam. Spreading the jam. So Mark 11, 17, 18, and if you're wondering why I didn't start with the Palm Sunday verse, we will get there. So turn to your neighbor and say, we will get there. We're just not there yet. Mark 11, verse 17, and it says this. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. And so this morning, actually, what I wanted to start with, I wanted to start with this picture. This has happened after uh, Palm Sunday. So Jesus, he gets greeted. There's palm trees. There's victory. There's clothes. There's all kinds of things. And he goes in and he goes to the temple. And as he goes in the temple, there's a couple things that stand out to him. And the first thing is that people are buying and selling. Why were they buying and selling at the temple? They were buying and selling at the temple because it's Passover week. And people came from all over during Passover week. And because they traveled from all over, they didn't want to bring their sacrifice with them the distance that they had to travel. Some traveled thousands of miles to come to Jerusalem, to come to the temple, to make a sacrifice. And so they didn't want to bring that. And so someday... Some person had a bright idea, hey, why don't we make something easy for them and we will sell them the sacrifice when they get here. And then they carried all kinds of different currencies because there was people from different nations and countries. And so as they got there, you had money changers and you had people selling animals for sacrifice. And so as Jesus walks in, he's looking at the temple. And if you look at the temple, you're thinking the temple, this is, as Jesus goes on to say, it's a house of prayer. But what are they doing out front? They're selling, they're making money. And basically they're taking advantage of other people because the money changers, what started as a good idea and provided something easy and nice for somebody, it became 
I can charge them a little bit more. Why am I just providing a free service? I should get a buck for this. It's a buck today, but tomorrow I'm gonna make two bucks, right? And so then and on and on and it goes and then they start making and taking advantage of selling the sacrificial animal that they needed to make, but also the changing of the money. And so Jesus comes in and he gets into a rage and he's so passionate about this and he knocks over the tables. And so the people are looking at Jesus. And this is one of the times where, you know, if you think of Jesus, many of us don't picture Jesus ever being upset, right? We know that Jesus wept, Jesus cried, Jesus loved, he loved people, he cared for people, he had compassion for people. But here we see angry Jesus and turn to your neighbor and say, he's angry Jesus right now because he knocked over all the tables and he was so frustrated. He was so frustrated with what was going on in this area. Turn to your neighbor and say, knocked over. Grew from Despicable Me, which is always the best part of the movie. Knocked over. And he says, man, you turned my place into a marketplace. You've turned this into a marketplace when it's meant to be a house of prayer. And so what I wanted to start with, and the reason I started with this verse before we get to Palm Sunday is because I do believe that spiritually today we live in a time where even as Christians, we're stuck in a, in a mode of being in our own little marketplace. And I feel that today, spiritually, many people are so consumed with buying and selling and so consumed with, with maybe even un unconsciously taking advantage of other people without realizing it, just as these people did at the temple. We live in a spiritual day. This is 2022. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be beautiful outside, just like it was in Oceanside yesterday. It's going to be beautiful in Hammett, California today. We live in a day where a lot of people and a lot of believers spiritually, they're buying and selling and they're stuck in their own marketplace. And they don't know how to get out. So now we're going to rewind. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's rewind. Matthew 24 starting in verse 37, and it says this. When the Son of Man returns, oh, no, nope, not going there, sorry. I'm going here. John chapter 12, verse 12. The next day, the great crowd had, that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. You see your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And at first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now we're on verse 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he had called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. And many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, they went out to meet him. And so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look at how the whole entire world has gone after Jesus. And so this morning as we paint this picture of Palm Sunday, it says that there was this front page newspaper that was printed this morning and great crowds were everywhere. And we already know that great crowds were there because it was Passover week, it was Passion Week. This is an important part. But also this is just right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, a man who was dead for four days. Turn to your neighbor and say, four days. Four days, four whole days. We know that Jesus already raised the dead. We know that Jesus has already brought somebody back to life. But here was a friend, here was a brother to him, like a brother, dead 
four days, Jesus raised him back to life. And so this crowd had been following him. And they followed him up to the Mount of Olives. And they're looking down at Jerusalem. And so with that crowd and then with the crowd of people who were streaming in for the Passover week, this was a massive crowd of people. Jesus, the momentum, the momentum that he had, the energy, the power, the miracles, everything that was just around him, it was such a massive moment. They were so consumed in the moment. They were so consumed by with what was going on. And so that's why they grabbed the palm branches. And they started declaring victory. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, save us now. Jesus, this is the next king of Israel. The Israelites, the people, the Jewish people, their hopes were so high because at this time they were enslaved to the Romans. They were enslaved to the Romans. And the Jewish people, if you, if you follow the Bible from the beginning to end, from time to time, different people back and forth where they were free, they were slaves, they were free, they were slaves. And so when Jesus was here, they found themselves under the control of the Romans. And so for the people, the energy, the momentum, everything at this moment, they're saying, Jesus, free us from these people, free us. And they're waving palm branches, declaring victory. And they're shouting, Hosanna, save us now. What I love is for the disciples, since the disciples didn't get it, turn to your neighbor and say, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? You know, in the Old Testament, it said that the king would come and he would be riding on a donkey. And even though that Jesus had them go and pick up the donkey, they still didn't get it. They still didn't get it. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you still not get it? You know what's crazy about Jesus? And one day, turn to your neighbor and say, one day, 27 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. One day, Jesus fulfills 27 prophecies. But in his life, in his birth, his life, his resurrection, over 300 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus Christ. If there was just one of us, Joel, stand up real quick because it's your birthday. Show off a little bit, right? If Joel was to just try... <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, show him your cute little bit. Yeah, he's just proud. Yeah. If Joel was to fulfill 48 prophecies, that's one chance in the 10th to the 157th power. One tenth in the 10th to the 157th power, 48 prophecies. Jesus fulfilled 27 in one day and over 300 in his birth, his life, and his resurrection. Joel is special, right? But just think of Jesus and all that he fulfilled. You know, for any one of us, any one of us this morning, we could only hope and dream to live a life so fulfilling. To think 300 plus prophecies being fulfilled, how satisfying for Jesus, how fulfilling it was for him, how satisfied he was to do his Father's will. You know, sometimes we as people, it's like we're stuck in a maze, right? And how many people run into this maze and they're butting their heads and they're butting into this and butting into that because yet they have yet to find God's purpose for their life. Jesus fulfilling every single thing that he did. This is that the disciples, they didn't get it until after the resurrection. So a plug for next Sunday. And actually just a plug, stand up again, Joel. If Joel...
and his wife, Audrey, who's outside, they decorated and made this place a jungle Palm Sunday. So give it up. And Josie. Oh, Josie, thank you. So if you give it up. Doesn't this place look beautiful? Look at these palm trees. These are super cool. We're not going to tell you whose yard we stole them from, but they, uh, they are beautiful and they are perfect this morning. So thank you. Thank you for your hard work. It wasn't until after the resurrection that the disciples got it. It wasn't after the resurrection. And think about this for the disciples. They spent three years with Jesus. They saw him walk on water, which we all know. They saw him multiply a few bread and fish, right? And feed thousands of people. How many eyes did he open the blind, the deaf? How many demons did he rebuke? All the things, all that he saw, the disciples for three years. But no matter how many certain things Jesus said, there's still things they just didn't get. They still didn't get it. They didn't get it. But it wasn't until resurrection. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came and filled them that they finally understand everything. Everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, everything. Everything. You know, so as the crowd in the moment are sitting and they're looking at Jesus. This is what I think started to happen. So as they're swinging the palm branches and as they're, they're dancing and they're laying down their cloaks, as they're shouting, Hosanna, this is exactly what they're saying. Make a way for the king. Make a way for the king. Here comes Jesus. The excitement in their voices and in their lives and the passion. Here comes the king. They were still so moved and spreading the word that John was saying that they, start, they were so pumped up from watching Lazarus be raised from the dead that they were spreading the word. And I love here at the end what John included. It wasn't included in the other gospels. But it said the Pharisees were there, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, you got to love the Pharisees. See, because the Pharisees, they go, you know what? This is getting us nowhere. Do you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening? The whole world has gone after Jesus. The whole entire world has gone after Jesus. This is absolutely getting us nowhere at all. For three years, the Pharisees, they watched Jesus, they listened to Jesus, they complained. The jealousy of, of the Pharisees was eating them alive to their core. Look, look, they said. Everyone's gone after Jesus. They're leaving us. That's what they're saying. All the people, they're leaving our group and they're going over to Jesus' group. They're leaving us and they're going over to our group. They're going over to his group. So this morning, my title is called Spread the Jam. But as it started with, as you start a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how many of us know there's a starting point, right? And, you know, for me, I'm the type of person who, I like to toast my bread. I don't know about you, but I toast my bread. I like, I'll have, uh, you know, toasted sandwiches, toasted peanut butter and jelly. I do it. Oh, I love that stuff with the perfect amount of peanut butter and jelly. But it has a starting point. Huh? What did you say? That's why I make it myself, yeah. I love a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There's a perfect starting point to putting together a perfect sandwich, the bread that's crisp, right? The peanut butter that's soft and it's not a big hard clump that you gotta just like toss on there and then root the bread when you like, you know, spread the peanut butter. I love a perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Today's Palm Sunday. 
And this is the start of Passion Week. This is the start of the week where Jesus started off and he's looking down at Jerusalem. And even after Palm Sunday, one of the other gospels describes how Jesus starts to weep and cry because he's looking at the people and he understands that the people still just don't really get it. No matter how hard he worked for three years, no matter how many days and how many miracles that Jesus performed, he's looking down at Jerusalem and he's crying and he's having compassion. He's saying, man, they just still don't get it. And I feel so bad for people because they don't get it. And he's wondering in their hearts, are these, are these people going to have someone to come and help them? And so there was a starting point to Passion Week. There was a starting point for Jesus as he started out this day, as he started out on this road, and as he's looking down, there is a beautiful, beautiful moment that all of us have today in this starting point from Palm Sunday into this next week, which is Resurrection Sunday. Joel is a wonderful person. And how many of us have known that it's his birthday and today we celebrate the man. We celebrate the myth, the legend, Joel Barreto. But just as important and even more important, sorry, than Joel Barreto is this week and all that Jesus did for you. All that Jesus taught for you this week. All that Jesus lived and the, the messages and the sermons and the parables that he taught Palm Sunday into Resurrection Sunday. The things that he said, the things that he did, this is a massive week for every one of us to take this week, a holy week, a passion week, to embrace the gospels and everything that Jesus said and he did. This is a starting point for us today to embrace and to make a good choice. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six says, today I set before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, I'm giving you today the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God. God sets before us every single day, every single day, the choice to be blessed or the choice to be cursed. God gives you every single moment that you wake up, soon as you wake up, the moment to choose blessing. And how many of us in here for honest, we want blessing, right? We want to be blessed. Everything that we do, everything that we put our hands to, we want to be blessed. And you know what's awesome? God gives you the choice. You get to choose blessing. He said, there's just one little thing you have to do. What do you have to do? Obey my commands. How do you walk in that blessing? How do you make that choice? Walk in his commands. You know, for the people, as I think about this story, and I'm thinking about this week. For Jesus, they didn't get what they really thought that they wanted with him. They thought that he was coming as this king, this mighty warrior, right? Somebody who looked like Joel, this mighty warrior. They thought that Jesus was this man who was coming in to take over. They, they were celebrating. And so Palm Sunday, they didn't really get what they thought that they, that they were getting. They thought that this massive week was coming in and Jesus was coming in. And then all of a sudden this army was going to come in and they're going to blow out the Romans. And so the week for, for most people, it really didn't go as expected. Expectations for most people are killers. Expectations for, for us in marriages and families and in church and in jobs and everywhere you go, expectations that do not get met are killers. And so for these people, at times to them, Jesus was a friend. They laughed. They sat, around the, they sat around the campfire and they had s'mores, right? At times, there was, Jesus was their teacher and he sat and he taught principle on principle, principle, all these different thoughts. And now it had built up to this point where they were hoping for this massive 
mighty man Jesus to take over, but they didn't get that. It wasn't what they thought. It wasn't what they expected, and they missed something. And so I was wondering this morning, as my title is called Spreading the Jam, in that very first verse that I opened with, with Jesus going into the temple, and I talked about spiritually that for some of us, we're stuck in like a marketplace mentality where we're consumed with buying and selling and even uh, unconsciously, subconsciously taking advantage of people just to make a buck is, are we spreading the jam of our life too thin that we're missing the highlight of what he has for us? And the point is, have we spread ourselves so thin? Are we trying to make life like those sandwiches where it's just thrown into the toaster? Instead of peanut butter, it's peanuts that are just being smashed into the ground. We're so busy, we're just taking clumps of jelly and we're trying to throw it on top. We're just trying to so quick, we're spread so thin today. How many of us were spread so stinking thin that we're missing, that we're neglecting, and we're not even hearing the massive moments of God and his voice? One thing that John didn't record in his book, it says that this is I'm pretending to be my cloak this morning. The people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they record, not only were they waving palm branches, and not only were they shouting Hosanna, but you know what they did? They took off their coats, and they threw them on the ground. And then they wanted Jesus to walk over their, their, their coats and their cloaks. Why? We want you to be our king. We want you to be our king. And so for many people today in our world, Jesus is just a nice guy. For many people in our world today, they're hoping that Jesus is their savior. They've said this in our prayer. They asked him in their heart. So they're hoping that he's the Messiah. But the question on Palm Sunday, as they laid out the cloaks and their coats, and they're saying, I want you to be my king. Asking Jesus to be king of their life that means they're taking their life and they're completely handing it over to just this one man. And they're saying, while I'm alive, I'm giving my life to serve you. While I'm alive, you be the king of my life. I will give my money. I will give my time. I will give my service because you are the king. Yes, you're a friend. Yes, you're my teacher. Yes, you're the prophet. Yes, you're Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Savior, but also Jesus, you are the king of my heart. This morning as we wrap up, Matthew 27, 21, verse 7 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Others cut branches from the trees. They spread them out on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. Here's our new king. Are you this morning spread so thin that Jesus doesn't have time to be the king of your life? 
Are we so spread thin? Are we so busy? As we walk out of here, what are some important things just to remember? Number one, we want to hear God's voice. God wants to speak to you. God has a message for you. God has a revelation for you. But you have to stop and take time to listen. Number two, we have to make sure that we embrace the moment fully that we live in. I believe that 2022 is a special year. This is a beautiful and a special time to be alive. We are alive. Pinch your neighbor. You're alive. You're not dead. You're not dead. You're alive, neighbor. And because you're alive, look, every single one of us, there's so much life. It's in every one of us. There's so much life and living and breath. It's still inside of us. How much more can we do with the rest of our life to embrace fully this moment that we live in? Number three, we can't be so spread thin that we don't see the signs of the end. You know, every single day there's things happening all around the world, and they're all signs to the times that we live in that this is the end of the world, that it's getting closer and closer and closer to where Jesus comes back again. Don't be so spread thin. Jesus said in the end it's going to be like the days of Noah. What were they doing? He says they were partying, celebrating, and getting married. Now, none of those things are bad, right? Going to a birthday party, excellent, right? Getting married, bonus, right? Good things. But the point he's making, people are so busy and so consumed with everything that leads to life that they miss out on what's going on. We have to stop. Here in America, I think more than ever, we're so busy, stuck, that we're neglecting the signs. Jesus said, my house should be a house of prayer. Live in prayer. Live in prayer. Make your life, your temple. This body that he's given to you, a house of prayer. Jesus came in, and as he overturned the table, and he kicked things over, and he's upset. He said, listen, this place is a house of prayer. Stay in prayer. If you work, can you work and pray at the same time? People work and play solitaire, right? People play solitaire and answer the phone. People are on their phones playing bigo and pretend to be working too. So can you work and pray at the same time? Absolutely. Jesus today, as Christians, as believers, we must feed in prayer. And lastly, to get back and be focused on the real mission, which is knowing God simply and making God known. What's God put you here to do? To know him and make him known. That's simple. Everything else in life will fall into place if you make those two things your focal point. I need to know God. Just like you know the person sitting next to you. How many of you know the person sitting next to you? Do you know that person? Do you know the person next to you? How well do you know God? You got to spend time to know God. You got to read about him to know him. You got to pray and talk to him. And then lastly, when you get to know somebody, how easy is it to talk about that person? It's much easier if you know them personally. Simply put, know God, make him known. Daniel, if you can come back up. We're going to close in a song this morning. If you can stand with us. Next time I use that analogy, I'm going to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I'm hungry for PB&J. Yes, but the second one, right? From, from Mr. Arthur, who knows how to make a PB&J.
God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for Palm Sunday. We thank you, God, for all that it means, God. We cry out, Hosanna. God, save us now. Deliver us now. Deliver all the people and help all the people who are in our lives this morning. God, we cry out to you. God, we thank you for this day and all that it means and all that it symbolizes, God. Please, God, I pray, help us to make more room for you, God, because yes, honestly, God, our lives are busy. God, our lives are full. They're full of work. They're full of play. They're full of this and they're full of that, full of making PB and J sandwiches. God, our lives are full this morning. So God, as we leave today, God, help us to make the commitment to make a way, God, for you. God, help us to lay, lay down the cloak of our heart our garments to say, Jesus, be the king of my life. Be my king. Fully understanding that means I'm living a life of surrender. I'm fully living a life. You know, sometimes in life we get stuck thinking we want different results, but we still continue to do the same things over and over again. And I pray this morning that today you'd have a different starting point. Let something be different today and this week as we celebrate Passion Week, Passover Week, and Resurrection Sunday. Do something different spiritually this week. Let King Jesus do, speak, be something different in your life. Amen? I have a surrender to you. And Jesus, I'm trusting that you're going to take me to a better place than I can take my own, than I can take myself this morning.